Welcome to a ride on the outside. MMA is full of people on the inside, but what about the ones that watch from beyond? Welcome to the MMA Outsiders with Tom Albano and Zan Bando on the Empty the Bench Podcast Network. All right, here we are for episode number 70. Yes, the big 7-0 for the MMA Outsiders. Zan, happy 70th, happy Super Bowl week. It should be a good one, unlike the UFC card last weekend and, well, this weekend. YouTube, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, UFC uh, Vegas 85 was anything but exciting. But before we get into all of the madness that was the past week in combat sports, we'd like to remind you that this show is presented by Wolf Spreads and with it being presented by Wolf Spreads, be sure to like and subscribe to the Empty the Bench Podcast Network because we are slowly but surely climbing to 700 subscribers over on our YouTube page as well as be sure to check us out wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. etc. And if you are listening to the audio only platforms, be sure to go over to the YouTube home as well. Every single piece of support it does help us out. You can check us out again at youtube.com slash EDB network. And you can also go to edbpodcast.com to check out more great blogs from some of our contributors, including some, including some recent tangents that Brody Obero went on regarding the, the, the folding of Sports Illustrated as well as some stuff related to the Formula One racing arena. So be sure to check that out and so much more again. And my name is Dan Bando. You can find my work over at bjpen.com. I'm a staff writer there, and I am also a Sunday news writer for MMA Knockout under the Fan Nation umbrella. Who my left is Tom Alvano. You can find his work over at MMA News and inside an MMA. And he is you. You you will more than likely be he back for PFL. Is that is that is that yeah? Plan? Yep. Okay. So finalizing the details. So it looks like I will be. Back with the PFL doing their recaps for the 2024 season. So should be a hell of a lot of fun in a, in a new expanded global era. For, for sure. So be sure to follow both of us uh, respectively at Bando 99 across X and Instagram. And you can follow Tom over there or Thomas J. Albano across X and Instagram. But now that we have that out of the way, happy Super Bowl week, Tom. And even though there is the biggest sporting event in America, this weekend between the Chiefs and the 49ers. We are not here to talk about that. Let's see, that will be taken care of on Saturday when we do our massive preview show and we preview all of the happenings around the biggest game of the season. But for now, we will talk about the man that was this past week in combat sports because even though there was no UFC pay-per-view, there was still a lot to get to, wasn't there? Yeah, I was going to say, so we're talking about the biggest game that's happening uh, this coming weekend. But the biggest fight in boxing, well, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer for that. So unfortunately, unfortunately, Tyson Fury, in the midst of a training session, ends up getting hit on, I think it's his, uh, it's his right eye. I know this is my left eye in the mirror, uh, on the mirror side. Uh, but you could see on his eye the cut. For the host of you at home, this is my, this is my right eye. And that is not, and that is I, that's what I mean by the mirror effect. Yes, I know. But the idea is that the cut was really like, if you look at that cut, it was pretty deep. Like he must've right. got hit with something pretty bad in training. 
And unfortunately, the boxing world loses because of it. So I kind of want to give it this, but at the same time, I can't really fault Tyson for something that happens in the midst of training. It just sucks that it's in the month. We thought that we just had one more week to get through, and then we'd get one of the biggest days in combat sports with UFC 298 and Fury And we're still going to get UFC 298, but... Unfortunately, Fury Usyk now pushed back to May 18th. And I think that's something that does need to be talked about a little bit. Because, yes, there is the disappointment. And we'll get into how the other dominoes are going to fall. But we'll talk about how those dominoes will fall. Because at the same time, Zan, you know, I know Saudi Arabia gets a lot of crap for for sports washing, essentially. But, you know, for them to step in and keep the fight. And move it, just move it three months to give every, you know, to allow Tyson to recover and give everybody some more training time. You know, the under normal circumstances, Dan, the politics of boxing would have effed that up. But it actually goes to something that I think we talked about last week that, you know, we were debating about what was going to happen. And I think you kind of alluded it. Saudi Arabia knows what it wants. And Saudi Arabia, with all their money and power, they're going to get what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one way or another, Saudi Arabia is going to get what they want, and it's great that you mentioned um, that you mentioned that because I think if this was anywhere else in the world, under any other promoter or any other sanctioning body, um, knowing the knowing boxing the way you and I know the sport, this fight is delayed maybe a year, year and a half. And all that, all the times are changing now that there's more money involved, now that there's more distribution deals, now that there's more people. We have a seat at the table, so to speak. We're going to see situations like this. If a fight is pushed back, there's really, there's really not so much to to worry about. And what what kind of blows me away? What would be the MMA equivalent of this? Is could you could you have imagined if all the way back in 2020, if Saudi Arabia was involved in the UFC? I think you could have seen a scenario where could be he versus Tony Ferguson maybe happens under a scenario, but. This or, now for, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Or or John Jones versus Francis Ngannou. And maybe Francis never leaves for PFL. Exactly. So, so with an alternative universe, which we know doesn't exist, it's kind of nice to see that with this evolution, quote-unquote, that we are going to be getting the biggest fights that the fans want to see one way or another. And even if either guy pulls out, there's still an incentive for the guy who isn't hurt with Multiple different scenarios at play if this fight happens to fall through again. So either which way you look at it, whether it's Fury Usyk, whether it's Philip Rogovic, whether it's Anthony Joshua, May 18th, we will be getting a heavyweight championship fight of some sort in ride in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, so, and to clar- and to clarify what Zan is talking about, basically there's a stipulation in the contract if either guy pulls out, the opponent who stays in the fight is going to get a guaranteed. Ten million dollars to basically fight a replacement fight, which is how it would be. Would you not? Would you not agree? I think so. Like it, it's scary to see. It's scary to say how Saudi Arabia, how the country of Saudi Arabia, and the uh, and uh, their what's it called? I'm trying to find the official name for. Oh, the General Authority for Entertainment somehow is managing boxing better. That boxing has ever had in the last like 10, 20 years. Yeah, it's pretty uh it's pretty unbelievable. And if you would have told me four years ago that 
His Excellency would be shadow boxing on the MMA hour. I think I would. I think I would have seen that. You know what be... we need? No, Zan, I have an idea. You know what we need now? We need His Excellency to partake in the old. Oh, what was the craze from the pandemic? Oh, the Helvani boxing with the tennis ball. Yeah, yeah, ball yeah, ball. Right, yeah. We need to see. We need to see His His Excellency do Helvani boxing. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. And I'm going to say, I think he's, I think he's just as into this whole circus as the, as the person you have to, you have to give him credit because if it wasn't, if it wasn't for him, as not for Al-Sheikh himself, this would not, this would not be happening. So, um, well, there were rumors. So let's talk about some of the dominoes as I actually bring up the story I wrote for MMA news to do that. Let's bring up some of the dominoes because at first the reports weren't that there was going to be a delay in the fight. Instead, the reports originally were that Usyk was looking to stay on the card. He'd defend his WBA, WBO, and IBF titles because obviously we've talked about uh, Philip Hergovich, the IBF mandatory challenger, potentially right, which is which is more than likely would have been the fight on February seventeenth had they kept it. That would have been Usyk versus Hergovich, right? And I remember right. there was also the rumors uh, if the that. If the uh, winner of Fury Usyk had it happened this month, uh, would go for the rematch, the IBF would have pulled out and basically made Hergovich versus Joshua, as long as Joshua beats Nganu, for the vacant IBF uh, championship. But obviously, now that Saudi Arabia is here, those circumstances have changed. With Joshua fighting Nganu, those circumstances are a little muddled. And actually, His Excellency... Uh, actually addressed this on the MMA Hour with Harry El Helwani, basically saying that he has given Hergovich six names, six potential names to pick from as an opponent to compete uh, next month, basically as the co-main event to Joshua versus Ngannou. Uh, yep, the yep. six names, I don't have all six in front of me. I know they included Daniel Dubois, who recently fought for the championships. Uh, Martin Bacoli and Jared Anderson, and I believe Frank Sanchez was also on that. I think I, I don't know about you, but based on those four names you just said, I think that Sanchez or Anderson is most likely. What do you What do you think? Yeah, because keep in mind what His Excellency said. Unless I misunderstood it, the ball is in Hergovich's court. That's how I. That's how I understood it too. Yeah. Because obviously the fight is the fight would have to be very short notice because it would only be next month. Obviously, he's got the IBF in his corner. So basically, the ball would be in his court. So if you're Hugovic, you're not going to go after Daniel Dubois. Daniel right. Dubois would make sense from the star power perspective. Say if this was a UFC, how they would book a fight. But it doesn't make sense in Hugovic's perspective because you want somebody who has some credibility, some ranking, like some of those guys I mentioned, but not enough to the point where you don't think it's going to be an easy night at the office for you. So that way, if you win and Joshua wins, then basically balls in your court, you can make a play for either a Joshua uh, fight for a number one contendership for an undisputed title, or you can fight for a vacant IBF title, like, or an IBF interim championship, like that. The right. ball would so, be go just Right. So ball. basically, so basically, to kind of sum up what Tom just said, Volpergovich essentially has a ton of options for March 2nd. It's a matter of of it's a matter of what he wants to do. And and I guess that leads to another follow-up question that I had. Do you think that if Rogovich fights March 2nd and wins, do you think that him competing on this same card on May 18th in the co-main event squad is too, 
too quick of a turnaround, or do you think they would actually do that? I don't know if they would do that, if only because Bergovich wants to. I mean, I mean, I get it. You know, we. I think back to our interview with Rick Glazer. You know, this is a different era of boxing, and some people oh, wish that, it was. That's, oh, that's something that, that I cannot wait to mention. When we get to something in a little bit, so I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So when Rick mentioned, you know. It's this isn't the '90s era of boxing anymore, where you saw guys. It was normal to see them turn around two, three months at a time, you know. So I don't know if they're going to do this unless her, unless Saudi Arabia is going to give Hergovic a nice, solid payday. Um, but he actually, His Excellency, actually did talk about what happens from there. And actually, hold on, because I mentioned payday. There you go. Uh, so here's basically the end of my article for MMA News. Now, according to Alashik, basically what the the plan right now is: should Joshua beat Nganu? Okay. Uh, I mean, if if Nganu wins and and Fury wins the undisputed title fight, then according to Alashik, at least from what I understood it, they would do the Fury and Nganu rematch this time for heavyweight gold on the line. If Joshua wins, it could get complicated. And even and even the way he said it, like I still kind of question it because if you remember, if you're Usyk, there's a two way rematch clause. So right. I don't know how it would work because he's like, oh, if Ngannou wins, then Ngannou's going to fight the champ, and I assume that meant Fury. But I guess it was, oh well, if if Usyk somehow beats Fury, we can give him Usyk too. But I don't know how that all works with the two way rematch clause because he said if Joshua wins, the problem is going to be that rematch clause. But in that case. It seems like if Josh, like I mentioned before, Joshua and Hergovich both win, Alashik is going to try and get both of their camps into negotiations pretty quickly for, I guess, what would be a contender's fight. Or maybe if the IBF has it their way, an interim championship. Yeah, that's how I understand it, too, because if it's a two-way rematch as for Fury versus Usyk, wouldn't that mean no matter no matter who wins the fight or what fashion they have to run? And it back almost immediately. Is that how you is is that how you understood it? That's how I kind of understood it. Like, like I was I understood it, but I was very confused by it because I don't know right. I don't know what with Alashik and and I'm not bashing him because obviously you know like I just said he's doing more for this sport and trying to maintain this undisputed heavyweight title fight than anybody else has. I'm just what is priority in his mind? Is it a rematch between Fury and Usyk? Or is it a rematch between Fury and Ngannou? You know what my guess would be? And it's a guess you're probably not, not going to want to hear it, but I'm going to say it anyway. What? Fury, Fury versus Francis. I get it. I mean, I get it. Boxing purists are going to hate that, but I can get it. When you said, when you said, when you said you're going to hate it, I was going to say what? Fury versus McGregor? <laughs> well, it's. Well, at this point, Saudi Arabia can make almost anything they, they please, right? So, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, what is your uh, what is your what, what is your early pick for the rescheduled date? Are you we're still thinking the music has a chance, or have, or, or, has your, or or has your feeling changed a little bit? What do you what do you think? I'm still thinking Usyk has a chance, but. I'm just curious what how he's going to look in the ring compared to the power that Fury can deliver. Okay. 
All right. Let's go off from that. Let's do a different angle with Fury and Usyk. Because Dana White, I guess, it, you know what's funny, Zan? He expects, you know, the fight fans to go through a kind of card like UFC Vegas 85 was. And yet he's willing to, you know, just trolley along, you know, hey, all of you, it, it, it's like, it's like when you leave your dogs for a little bit. It's like, okay, stay there, stay there. I'll be right back. And then he hop, jumps and skips across Las Vegas to go to the Ben Dobson fight and have a have a rendezvous with Eddie Hearn uh, about what nobody seems to have a knowledge of other than a business transaction. And, yeah, well, man. I guess IFL TV kind of found him and, uh, you know, they laid the paparazzi treatment on him. Yeah, I have a, I have a theory as to... Hey, he was there and tell me if you think this makes sense to you. So if you remember earlier in the week, there was a picture of Dana White with David Feldman. And, and a day later, there was a picture with Dana White, Connor, Ben, and Eddie Hearn. My theory on this is that um, Dana wants to get involved in boxing, but he wants to do it in such a way where fight pass enters the pictures. Well, my theory is that if DAZN goes away in the United States, we're going to see match from boxing end up on Fight Pass, and you could very well see a scenario where BKFC, if if the cards are played correctly, is on Fight Pass in either 2025 or 2026. That's my, I, that's I, my definitely, I don't know about the film and the BKFC one. I could definitely see. I definitely see the matchroom one. Because if, if the zone basically goes awry, and at this point, Zan, like I've, like I've talked about, it feels like in the U.S. the zone is more of an amoeba attached to ESPN plus because nobody is going to watch the cards that the zone is offering unless it's, you know, has the ESPN plus, you know, uh, deal with it where you can watch it on either platform. But at that case, the zone in the U S is completely redundant. So I definitely see that one because Eddie and Eddie and uh, Dana are good friends. I mean, Dan, unless Dana's trying to get Zufa boxing off of the ground for the 8 billionth time. I, I do. Oh no, but now that you had mentioned Rick Glazier in our previous segment, I am going to uh, I'm going to mention this now because now we're on this topic. One of the last things that IFL TV asked um, Dana White was if behind this means he had bought top rank and he walked away. So as far as we know, I don't think anyone has refuted that Rick Glazier spoke to us about in December. It, it, it's very, very interesting. I mean, it's very interesting how quiet this is. Yeah, well, Dana did refute it. Dana did refute it the day that he released the report. It was, I think, Christmas when he he refuted that. But if you, but again, I'll point something out that I pointed out back then, Sam. If you listen to Ariel Halwani's comments in the wake of that and read his tweet, I should say, that, you know, there were the rumors and he said, I don't have any reports. But Helwani didn't deny that that deal didn't make that, you know, that it made. Pardon me. Let me reword that. He didn't deny that that deal, you know, when it made sense, like he understood what Endeavor was doing. Mm-hmm. So with that all being said, do you think um, do you think it's a possibility that do you think it's a possibility that given from what we know and the way that their business minds work, could you see a scenario where Dana and Eddie are going to do business together? And if so, what do you think that looks like? And is it, and is it where, you know, 
in the builds of somebody like a Connor Ben, who's already sitting at 23 and 0 and is one of the hottest prospects in super probably. middleweight, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Probably. I could probably picture that perfectly as that's, as that's what's happening there. Um, for sure. The one thing that the one thing that we did know about from that one minute and twenty second clip is that Dana White is still in on the Callum Walsh train. He still wants to see him fight twice this year. He's fighting at the at the at the Hulu Theater at MSG March fifteenth. And well, Sam, you mentioned sorry, Sam, but you mentioned the Rick Blazer interview. So what did we what did we say? And he agreed on it. The one thing that's happening is if Endeavor acquires top rank, Callum Walsh is going over to top rank. That's what I. That's what I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think absolutely. that's a given absolutely. at this point. Absolutely. Well, what I was continuing to say was he has a fight scheduled March fifteenth, and and Dana's plan, if his plan goes to fruition, is assuming Walsh wins that fight, then he'll fight in Dublin, Ireland, at some point in the summer, and then based on whether or not top rank is purchased or not, you have a lot of options. With what you could do, considering he's a brilliant star, but I thought overall, even though it was a minute and twenty seconds, it was very, very interesting. And and of course, he's still super quay on the UFC three hundred main event. We have no idea. Let's go. I'm with that. Just Who knows? on the lol already. Don't do this to us. Do you think that's what it's going to be? Because I don't think that that fight's big enough to top the card. I I get it, San. I get it, but. You know, what else can you do? What else can you plan? We're two months away. We don't need a UFC 293 in Sydney situation for UFC 300 in Vegas. We're seven. As a matter of fact, we we are exactly 70 days away from the time that we're recording this, that, that April 13th is going to occur. So the clock is ticking and tickets go on sale a week from uh, a week from yesterday. So, so how are we gonna have tickets on sale without a true main event announced? I mean, look, I don't, I don't, I, I, don't know. I, I shouldn't say that because I get it. Gaethje and Holloway is gonna be the dream fight. If Bilal and Leon become the main event, then then Gaethje and Holloway is gonna be the people's main event. And right. then you got, and then you got uh challenging uh Whaley Zhang for the strawweight title. Which, if anybody is doubting that fight, ain't gonna be entertaining. Uh you're sadly mistaken, my friends. Yeah, and and also you can't forget the fact that you've got the return of Bo Nickel on the card. You've got Aljamain Sterling making his debut in a, a new weight class. It's a very very solid card. It's a good it's it's a good card where it is, but it is a chance to be great if the main event and is done right. I'm just going to go out on a women's. Yeah, I think the main event, if it's not Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler, which would be really depressingly sad. It, It'll it'll probably end up being, in my opinion, Drew two plus C versus Israel Adesanya. That's what that's what I that's what I think. I I could see that. Although seeing Nick Diaz uh, the other day, everyone's now speculating if another, if once again if a Diaz brother is going to get involved in this. Oh uh, uh, well, the, well, the, well. There's only one scenario for that, in my opinion, and that is uh, Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor three. That's yeah. what I. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. At this point, like, I don't really. If Conor McGregor's not going to fight Michael Chandler, obviously, I've had my comments in the past, and like, I don't want to see a fight again. But at that point, the only other fight that makes sense is, is Nate the trilogy. Diaz. Yeah, one hundred percent. Definitely going to be very interesting. We're going to keep you guys locked and loaded on UFC three hundred as we hear more. But now we're going to move to some more. Who's um. News and notes. Um, 
offer. He's first, but Pat actually had a question for us in the in in the chat. Tom, would you like to read it? Yeah, sure. Uh, does that fight interest either of you at this point? Who would you pick? Um, I will say not as much as it would have in 2017, 2018. But at this point, if let's imagine Connor Chandler does still happen, okay. and Chandler and Chandler beats him. What else would there be for Connor to do? Because at that point, Dustin would have beaten him twice. Chandler would have beaten him. I'm not going to throw Connor McGregor in there with Justin Gagey if he's going to lose to Michael Chandler. No, no. So way. at that point, the only other fight that makes sense if the UFC wants to get would want to get one more payday out of Connor McGregor, especially because if I'm not mistaken, Connor has only two fights left on the deal. One yep, would be the Chandler fight. Correct. So the yep. only other fight at that point, if with another loss that would make sense just to finish that contract, would be to somehow sit him down, sit Nate Diaz down, and say, look, let's get one more payday out of you guys. Let's do this fight. Let's just make it happen. Okay, I have a little bit of a differing opinion, and I think that if you're going to do Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz, you have to do it now. You and you can't wait for Conor McGregor to lose. Oh, that was going to be my other concern, Zan. Not that Con- about Conor, you know, doing it out on a loss to Michael Chandler, but just the fact that Zan, look how long it has taken us to get the Michael Chandler fight. Like seventeen, how long would it take to- 17, 18 months. How long would it there. take to get a Conor McGregor and ADS three fight at this point? And that's if the one is, concern. Are, are you are are you saying if 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 it doesn't happen now or right or right now, like a lot, I don't think that, I don't think it matters because at this point it's been a concern about the Chandler fight. It's a concern about the ZF fight. It's just how long the wait time has been. Yeah, I mean at this point, if neither of those fights happen now, in my opinion, they probably won't happen. That's what that's what I think. Okay. But then, Zed, let me turn the tables on you. Let's say the Chandler fight happens. So now the Diaz fight's out of the book. Connor has one fight left on the contract. Who would you pair? If he if he decides to fight out that contract, who would you pair him against then? Some crazy fight at 170 pounds. And I'm thinking of maybe you get Jorge Masvidal to come out of retirement and you make that fight for you. And you make the Connor Jorge fight? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. God, I completely forgot about that because, or, but then again, like I said, Jorge retired. Mm-hmm. Diaz technically never really announced retirement because obviously he went back into the boxing world to take on Jake Paul and well, right, well, that, that, didn't, that, well. that didn't go so well. Even though, even though the fight was entertaining, he still lost. So yeah, so lots of at this point. Look, Dana, stop us from talking in circles and just. What is your what? What is I've already given my UFC three hundred main event prediction. What is yours? What? Do, who do you think is the biggest UFC event in seven years? What do you? What do you? What do you think? Maybe I'm just very pessimistic at this point, but I really think they're going to go with Leon versus Bilal. Really? Okay. So then, one one follow up question to that: If the UFC plans to go to Birmingham, England, in July. Who is the headliner on the Birmingham show? This might be a little controversial. Okay. Given that, but given that the UFC is willing to wait till the end of this year to do Jones versus Stipe, I think they throw Tom Aspinall on to basically test him on a big stage and to make up for all the waiting, give him a hometown edge against somebody. 
who would you get as he fights in the defense of his interim heavyweight title, in your opinion? I mean, I have publicly talked about, you know where I'm going with this, and I have publicly talked about one of the bigger fights that the UFC can do in Europe for the European market is Aspinall versus Gone. Right. Which I think is the only fight you should do if you're thinking of a main event. If you have a main event with Aspinall in England for an interim title, yeah, it would have to be Aspinall gone. Right, exactly, yeah. And then you guarantee the winner, and then you guarantee the winner of that fight, the winner of Joan Stipe, if if the winner doesn't retire. Right, so well, then that means at 205, that means we're going to get Pereira versus Hill, right? I would assume so. Why do moving parts, that's for sure, but this is why we are not matchmakers and we only try to analyze because that's me, Tom. Oh, you know what? Data always is in the war room on Tuesday. So you know what? This is our version of that. I so well. I guess I guess the final question that would be: if you, if you were playing UFC matchmaker right now, and there was and there was one fight that you absolutely had to make, what would it? What would it be? Right now? Yeah. See, right now, if you're asking me right now, if you're asking me for an optimistic point of view of like what I hope would be the UFC 300 main event. Then I agree with you. Is he DDP? Okay, but you, that, that, you're it, still, it, but you're still thinking as a constant. I'm on the pessimistic. Side. Yeah, I'm thinking on the pessimistic side here. Okay, uh, I'm just, I, I'm just gonna go out and say that if it if it's not Connor versus Chandler, if it's not um Adesanya versus DDP, if it it's not DDP versus Strickland, you might you you might. He's stuck with either a, with either a women's main event or a fight that nobody asked for. That's what I. That's what I. That's what I think. I know. I mean, unless they would let Gaethje and Holloway main event with, for a BMF title. You never you know. know. I mean, Poirier and Gaethje main evented for a BMF title. That's true. UFC two ninety one in Salt Lake City, which we both said was the best UFC event of the year last year. Uh, so. Did I- I said it was one of. I think I had a number two to two ninety. Oh yeah. Regardless, cool. regardless, two ninety, two ninety to two ninety two goes down in the history books. For sure. All right, oh, let's okay. move over now from the USC over to the PFL. And well, Chris Cyborg is at it again. Chris Cyborg calling yeah. out the PFL for basically making the accusation that they are dragging out these fight negotiations. So Bellator has just uh, the first. Uh, Bellator under the PFL banner has been announced. Uh, the PFL schedule is starting to come together. And obviously, we've got the PFL versus Bellator Champions card. The card, the match order just coming out. That's going to happen at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the month. Um, but no Chris Cyborg or Larissa Pacheco updates uh, in the kitty. And so Chris Cyborg took to social media this past weekend and reading from reading from that tweet then January, February, March, April, May, June, PFL or Bellator. Can I get a fight booked during the first half of 2024? Excla- uh, question mark exclamation point. She tags Pete Murray, uh, Don Davis, the two PFL execs. The longer I sit without an MMA fight, the less likely the Rissa Pacheco fight happens in 2024. My last MMA fight was in October, which it was when she beat Katz and Gano at right. uh, Bellator 300. But then what's interesting, Zan, is that basically a Twitter user, 
I say Twitter, it's X, whatever, uh, by the name of Joe Bonjo, then tweets to her. They want you to be 49 years old, getting slower than their girl can beat you that easy to see. Which Cyborg then retweets and actually responds, I will not allow them to do this. I have already said I am unwilling to have a long layup from MMA competition and be offered Pacheco. Zan, I don't know about you, but the fact that she retweeted that. I know she retweets a lot of people that agree with her, but that sounds pretty accusatory of politicking. Yeah, that sounds pretty accusatory of politicking, and uh, that probably means that negotiations are not going well and Cyborg is not getting what she wants. And I hope I'm wrong, and I hope that they can make amends, but this is the most upset we've seen Cyborg in probably about six years and she had her unfortunate exit from the UFC, which leads me to believe that if this Larissa Pacheco fight doesn't happen, I, I think you could see a, 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 um, a, a reunited state, if you will, potentially. I'm not saying this is done or anything like that, but potentially, if things don't go according to plan, I, I think you could very well see, given that Kayla Harrison is in the UFC and people wanted to see the Cyborg Harrison fight for years. You never, You never know. I know, but I'm just questioning, you know, is Dana willing to go back into the cyborg business, which he said he wasn't willing to do in 2019? I think if the, I think given the way Dana has acted the last several years, I think if the money's right, he's willing to do anything. That's what, that's right. The problem with that, Zan, lies in cyborg. Harrison is apparently willing to go down to 135. I don't think cyborg's going to be willing to do that. I mean, unless Dana's going to, unless, if Kayla wins and Cyborg resigns, they decide, oh, you know what? This is perfect. We're going to reopen the women's featherweight division. And we're going to put do Kayla versus Cyborg for the strap. I was going to say, what if what if you did a catch weight at 140 pounds? I think that's well, that's also a possibility as well. Mm-hmm. Well, so now- if, if I were to if I were to ask you right now, given what Chris Cyborg has tweeted over the last several days and several hours, in fact. Yeah, I was going to say, can I update first before the question? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so prior to us recording, actually minutes before we started recording, I think, she put out another tweet that reads, I'm 39 years old in July. You can't put me on the shelf, stop me from competing MMA for 9 to 10 months, and then force me back against an opponent 10 years younger when I'm healthy and ready to compete. I've agreed to fight Larissa Pacheco. Why can't a fight be made March, April, May? I've been out of MMA since October. Uh, all, fair, then, all fair points. Oh, oh, by the way, actually something interesting that I'm noting, you know, um, at least, of course, we're talking about this on the Cyborg side. We haven't heard the PFL side of things. Uh, a Twitter user, but I hear Chris Ryder. Have you picked up the phone and called them? LOL. I guess trying to be a troll. And Cyborg says, call went unanswered after the news of Kayla at UFC 300. I guess PFL was kind of blindsided by the Kayla news, just as everybody else. Yeah, it's definitely very interesting, and there's definitely something going on that no one knows, and who knows, maybe no one will ever know unless this fight is actually made. And I I think, Zan, you know, for the PFL's sake, this fight has to be made. Because let's imagine, Zan, Cyborg goes to the UFC, or or even, you know, or even she says, you know what? Screw this. I'm done. And she decides to focus on her pro boxing career, which she's now 2-0 and in. Right. At that point, Kayla's gone. At that point, Cyborg would be gone. What do you do with Larissa? 
I mean, unless you go- talk about what uh, the two of us and Pat joked about beforehand. Yeah, I mean, I think at that point you have to look at, you know, making the winner of McCord Cavanaugh too, potentially. Next in line for a shot at the title, which no, no, no offense to the PFL and anybody involved, but no one, no one's buying. No, that, that is someone on a pay per view. Nobody, nobody's buying that. I, I, no. I mean, it, it, by the way, just because people can't see it, uh, we have producer Pat behind the scene, and he did the thing of like putting his uh, finger to his throat and basically trying to vomit. Well, it's no disrespect to Liam McCord and Sinead Kavanaugh, but their first fight was a dud. I mean, I, know. Dan, I can't help but think of, remember how we were talking about, oh, what could be next for Francis when he was with the UFC? We, you know, and we were like, oh, well, maybe the Derek Lewis. And I was just adamant. I was saying, no, 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 and no. I don't want to see that fight again. Unreal. Well, so, okay. So do you, do you think if this fight ends up happening, when do you think it happens? Where do you think? Think it happens, and do you think that this pent up frustration is going to help Cyborg if this fight ends up coming to fruition? What do you What do you think? I mean, trying to answer this to the best of my abilities, and my question would then be because if because now Larissa Pacheco is going to be for fuller context. By the way, for those who don't know or unfollow, aren't following PFL as much, Larissa Pacheco is going to be exclusively a super fight division competitor. They're going to do women's flyweight instead of women's featherweight or lightweight for the division, which means you're pretty much forcing Pacheco exclusively to the pay-per-view cards, which means if you're not going to do, if they're not going to be on the February card, I mean, at that point, judging by what Cyborg says, I mean, are you going to have a card in the summer? Because otherwise, Dan, the only other pay-per-view card, as far as we know, would be the championships card, which would be... November, December, and by that tone, Cyborg is not going to be willing to wait that long. No, and I'm sure Larissa will not be willing to wait that long either. So, so unless you're going to make a third pay per view for the year, I unless they have plans for a third pay per view. Yeah, there's still so many unanswered questions, but I think though that this fight sells itself. I we ever we do if you if you do this fight, and even if the undercard is very okay, this fight this fight still. Itself because there's still there's still that backstory, you know, there's still Pacheco with the opposite of Harrison, there's still Cyborg with her dominance, and and now this whole spat with the okay. PFL. There's still there's still a ton of storylines to be yeah, asked. So what I'm saying is, is that you could put this fight on any card, and I don't think and I don't think people will be disappointed. I was I was just going to ask. So Zan, if you're the PFL considering the situation, could you see a scenario where Cyborg and Larissa Pacheco actually get paid a little extra, and and they tell them, you know, I know you guys are supposed to be pay per view fighters, but we really want this fight. And they take, let's say, PFL, uh, one of the playoff cards, one of the regular season cards. They say, at this point, we want this fight to happen. You know, this card is going to be on TV, ESPN. You guys are going to be the main event. I could see it, and you selfish, you selfishly know where I hope, where I hope this goes. Oh, hold on a minute. Where is it? Where is it? Actually, wait. I can't do that banner because that says UFC. Hold on. Let me take out the UFC. It's just going to be Zan's weekly Chicago plug. Yeah, you you who hope that by some miracle, by some weird scenario, you you better hope you you better hope where I where I want to see where I want to see that one. Yeah. yeah, I want I want New York. I want something, and you want Chicago. For for so either way of the. 
those two cities end up happening, hopefully that means one of us, one of us will get to, will get to go, which might be, which, which, which might end up being a positive. So sure. All right. Uh, let's do some other news and notes, Dan. Just one small news. I mean, small news story for us, but it's a much bigger news story in terms of the combat sports world. And then quickly doing the recaps and previews. Um, little update to the TKO Vince McMahon story. Obviously, we talked about the term about the former WWE and UFC heavyweight champion. They were trying to resign in 2021. That has they are now listing the reports. His name it is of course Brock Lesnar and 2K. The makers of the WWE video games have taken action. They have removed him from the WWE 2K Supercard video uh, mobile video game in the wake of being implicated. Uh, it seems like 2K, however, will not remove him as far as we know from the 2K24 WWE video game, which is set to come out next month. Uh, I know that video game is going to have a 40 years of WrestleMania mode, which I figure Lesnar is going to play a little bit of a role in. So maybe they're not willing to delay the game based off on all that. Um, but yeah, I think it goes back to what we talked about, Zan, towards the end of that segment. Uh, I guarantee you, you're not going to see Brock Lesnar on W on WWE, which is what they've been talking about in wrestling media for a while, if ever again. And this basically, I know some people were talking about, well, maybe they're trying to surprise their 300. Well, if they were that shot, and I don't think we ever see Brock Lesnar ever again either. No, I think in terms of, in terms of the video game, I think it makes sense to take him out of the mobile game because it's probably easier. That's probably smaller to file, but take him out. Out of two K twenty four, especially with weeks to go, yeah, I think that'll probably be hard from a developer standpoint. So, but yeah, I mean, I think I think the WWE slash TKO is doing the best that they can to defuse the situation, but they only know that there's so much that can be done considering that this news is still so brand new. So, well, I wouldn't say brand new, but at this point, still developing and. Unfortunately for TKO, Vince McMahon and, and WWE, it seems like there may even be more to come after this. You never know. All right. Quickly, let's do some recaps because this Imavov disease fight was, my God. Uh, yeah. Sam, I'm not going to say who it was, but I saw somebody say, uh, can we have a petition to remove all non-title, main event, uh, non-title middleweight fights from UFC main events? Because, dear God. Yeah, this fight was not great. Um, this fight did a lot of just weirdness about it. The point deduction was weird. The whole fight, to me, it just seemed like it was in Well, you know what's funny, Sam? Sorry to interrupt, but you know what's funny? You, you mentioned the the uh, point deduction. And guess what? It's the ground rule again, which we talked about last week. Because basically the accusations Dolzies may have been playing to the rule. You know, the taking off the hand and such mm-hmm. so it, 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 again this grounded fighter rule that andy foster and the california commission have been talking about wanting to change here it is again it plays its ugly head here yeah, again with the stupid scorecards rearing its ugly head it's brutal this it's just, terrible it's like it's almost like every week at this point there's something that happens that makes us go wow mma unified rules just simply aren't that and this was just another example of it this is what this is a fight, Zan, where and a fight card where I just, you know, if I had a picket fence sign, uh picket sign, picket fence sign, my god, a picket sign, and it's just, you know, down with the unified rules, all with the global pride <laughs> rules or whatever you want to call them. 
you know, at, at that point, that point, those rules make more sense for MMA than the than the um uh, unified rules do. Yeah, it's I mean it's 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 wild, it's bizarre. Um, it just it it truly is something that you can only find in a nutty sport like this, where every single week a, a, a rule of some sort is being discussed. That and, and, and the rules aren't and and that the rules that which Zan ironically are called the unified rules are not unified. And it's, hopefully, um, it's, hopefully Zan. It's disappointing. It's disappointing, but I'll let you. I'll let you continue, and I'll and I'll tell you the the one really hilarious positive when you when well, you. Finish. Well, I was gonna say maybe this controversy and the California Staff Light Commission's push, combined with the fact that the PFL apparently is going to allow elbows at the very least for the uh, Bellator card, maybe this is the start of something a positive direction. You never. Oh, but do you want to know? But do you? You want to know what else is a positive time? What? Thanks to this decision going the way did I now am still beating you by one fight on an official UFC picks tracker. Our records going into UFC Vegas 86 are as follows. But the record is 21-14-1. Tom's record is 20-15-1. And so this race is still really, really close. And we both finished with identical records somehow, somewhere. It's... And, and, and the sad part is that somehow one of the judges scored the fourth round for Imavov when that was the clear Dolzee's round. First of all, I don't know how Dolz- First of all, I don't know how Dolzee's got two rounds on one judge's scorecard to get a majority decision, and then scoring that that round wrong. And Zan, if that had been corrected, this would have been a majority draw. Yeah, which 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 would have meant which would have meant we we would have had two. Oh, decisions with as draws on the night instead of just one, which would have made our records an odd six five and two instead of six six and one. So, I have no words for this. The Imavov Curtis uh, trade uh, barb trading, which nearly got Imavov disqualified, that Literally. was more entertaining than the fight itself. Yes, but you have to credit UFC security that made sure swiftly after the fight. Curtis did not even come within inches of the octagon, so thank goodness there wasn't more crap than Imavov. Post fight press conference, Imavov basically accusing Curtis of being a quitter when they had their fight that ended in no contest from the headbutt. Yeah, I did see, I did see that. So, I mean, my god, this was terrible. This Agreed. was just terrible, but you know what wasn't terrible on that card? Money Moicano doing it again. Yeah, he is. He is definitely something else, and uh, he is definitely he's 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 something else as a fighter, and he he's definitely something else in the cage. And uh, I guess to put it lightly, if you haven't seen this interview, go see it because this interview with what was discussed in it was literally indescribable. And either had you on either had you on pins and needles on the verge of tears or or his sheer laughter. Because is because what he was saying was just absolutely unreal. So, I mean, going from what was it talking about how his sixty-two-year-old dad gave birth? That so he's a brother again, and then something about <laughs> uh, you know uh, just ranting about America, saying that he wants to join SWAT. It was off the walls. It really was. It really was. And and the 
And he is part with him screaming into the microphone, begging people to subscribe to his Money Moicano YouTube channel, and then proceeding to go on Instagram and, and YouTube Live after the fight with 20,000 people watching it as he's going from the apex to the hospital. It was it was it was it was wild stuff. This man is something else. Give I'm on the Money Moicano train at this point. I am, Just I give am him it. <laughs> give him everything. I, you know who, and you know who else is trained, Zan, we're on? We've always been on B. Joe Piper. The B. E. Joe Piper train is back. Yes, it is UFC Vegas 86 once again. At, again. At the- <laughs> Apex, Apex. I can- once again, another, another, another- You're in. You're in the city where the Super Bowl is. And I love Joe Piper, but you're running an Apex card with the main event of Hermanson Piper. And really, the undercard is kind of worse than last week. Have you no shame? I mean, logistically, Tom, do you think UFC 298 could have realistically worked in Las Vegas with everything that's going on there this weekend? I, with I get that. The Super Bowl I get and that. Other stuff? Zan, I get that. But in your own words, you're going to put all your eggs in power slap? Unfortunately, that's what they're doing. Friday night at Durango. <laughs> Unfortunately. You say unfortunately, but if you were offered the chance to be there, you would be there, race at. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna probably. you're gonna have you're gonna you would have a watch party. You're probably gonna have a watch <laughs> party on Rumble for that show. Um no. Oh not for not for No, I don't mean watch one. I don't mean watch party as like a street. I mean a watch party in your house with power slap decorations all around it. Oh no, no, no! I'm not. I'm not that deep, man. No, <laughs> no way. No, no. I'm Other not. I'm not. Have Super Bowl parties. I have a, have a power slap. Party. Oh, I, well, let me just say this: me having a Super Bowl party is much more likely than me having a power slap party I, any day of the week. Any, I'm any kidding, Sam. No, no, no. I, I'm kidding. No, no, no. I know, but there's probably some easy people out there to put it lightly that, that are probably embracing this whole power slap thing and probably will have some sort of a sort of a watch party to see it. Probably, unfortunately. All right, let's talk about this fight because uh, and right. Moicano, Money Moicano said it best on Ariel Helwani's show when he was crapping on the card. Um Hermanson had some great jujitsu, but I mean Zan, this is not the Hermanson of 2019 and you've got a big opportunity for Joe Piper to take on you know I think this first real name with the UFC and I'm wondering Zan if uh, I'm wondering if uh, the striking of Piper who has all the momentum right now is going to be too much for Hermanson I think it might be yeah I think it might be too and you know based on Hermanson's past performances even the fight against um, Ryan Hall at some Means too, if you recall that he he does not like standing up for certain periods of time, and uh, you know that Joe Piper is as 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 a, as a wicked left hook and an even better right counter, and I think either of those catcher Manson, he could be, be going to sleep within the first eleven minutes, and I would not be I would not be surprised. What do you I what do you, what do you I think? Be, I wouldn't be surprised either, and that would be my strategy for Joe Piper is just play defense for a little while, play defense mm-hmm. with the takedowns. Look for counter opportunities. And that's how he's going to win the fight. Tire Hermanson out and then just finish him from there. And I, I mean, think Piper will do that. I think Piper will do that in either the second or third round. I was going to say an early third 
unfinished for Piper, but I could very well see a second round finish or first round finish would be shocking to me. <laughs> yeah, Hermanson, as much as I just got that, he's too tough to finish in the first round. That would that would be an uh, an all time performance for Piper. That would for just sure. shoot him through the roof. For sure, which probably means um, Joe Piper would more than likely be headlining another uh, East Coast style card, either a fight night or a, or a main card in a pay per view with either this year, which is ideally what he would probably want. Would you? Would you? Would you? Would you say the same thing? I would say so too. Uh, as far as a bet for this fight and bet for this card, Zan, I mean. The only real fight that I'm looking at is going to be this card here. And I just want to double check and see as of the time we're recording this, because obviously by the time, by the time you're tearing it, the lines might have changed. But DraftKings at this point has Joe Piper only as a minus 140 favorite. I know maybe people will look more for the underdog, but I don't think that's a bad line to really put some money on at this point. No, it isn't. Um, a lock that I have for this card is actually not going to come into me in event. I actually like uh, Michael. If, if I were if I were to bet on this card, my my lock my of the week would be in Michael Johnson over Darius Flowers. That's my th- that would be my a pick because I think, think that Michael Johnson is the most experienced fighter, pretty much out of all of these out of all of these fighters, minus me maybe Brad Tavares, and that's that's probably about it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh. I'm going to go with uh, Joe Piper as my best bet, though. But, Zan, can I be really honest? And this, yeah. is, and this is no disrespect to DraftKings. This is no disrespect to our sponsor, Wolf Spread. We love how Wolf Spread is sponsoring the network. You know what my real best bet would be? Save oh, your yeah. money. Use it better for things like the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl party or Super Bowl bets. It's just This is not the card to go hammer all out on. No, unless yeah. you're a real degenerate gambler, which is... Some people in the MMA um, X space, if you will, are and some aren't. But yeah, definitely. I think I think this is one of those cards where you tune in for Ige and 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 uh, Feely and and you and then you tune in for the main event, and then that's pretty. And then that's pretty much it. Pretty much. Uh, and one other thing: special Thursday night boxing card. Teofimo Lopez returning to the ring, returning to the ring to take on uh, Jermaine Ortiz. Can't remember. Is there a title on the line for this or no? I I I can't I can't remember. Okay. All right. Five, four, three, two. And then Zan, quickly, uh special Thursday boxing card. You got Teofimo Lopez returning to the ring, defending the WBO uh, super lightweight title against Jermaine Ortiz. Yeah, I I will take this fight personally. I think this could be a trap fight for Lopez because he wants to fight, you know. With some of the biggest names in the sport of either this year, but I think if Lopez just kind of stays on the outside, picks apart Jermaine Ortiz with the jab, I can see this being a ninth or tenth round TKO. How do you how do you see this fight playing out? I I think Teofimo Lopez. I mean, Zan, I know he had the loss to George Cambosis Jr. a couple of years ago, but I think he's rebounded. I think all you got to do, Zan, is watch that fight against Josh Taylor from mm-hmm. I think it was June. And you could see how he's rebounded, and I think this is a. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to disrespect Jermaine Ortiz because, like you said, I think this could be a trap fight. But as long as he maintains the style that he currently does, I agree. This could be a mid to late finish, and this is basically. I don't want to say a stay busy fight, but this is a fight that's going to get him another big name, basically. 
Yama. A best bet for this fight if you're looking to play anything is a lope as uh Lopez inside the distance, in my opinion, should hit. I mean that this fight is out the way you and I both think I'm, it was. I was gonna say I'm gonna tag team that lock on uh and best bet with you. Sounds great. All right. And that's going to do it for another edition of the MMA Outsiders. Make sure you hit that like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you get notified of everything here at the Empty the Bench Network. Make sure to subscribe, youtube.com slash ETB Network. Uh, we thank everybody who has contributed subscriptions. We just passed 670 subscribers. We're climbing up on, on our path to 700, path to 1,000. Uh, make sure to follow us across social media at MMA Outsiders ETB make sure, on Facebook, X, and Instagram. Make sure to do the same for the ETB Network, Facebook, X, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, don't forget to check us out on all the audio-only platforms, uh, Acast, Spotify, Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, so much more. And then if you are listening on those platforms, make sure to go to our YouTube home of youtube.com slash ETB Network. Uh, go to etbpodcast.com as well for exclusive content, more information about the network, exclusive blogs. And also, again, shout out to Wool Spreads. You've seen them as part of Football Friday. They've been our uh, sponsor for Football Friday since about the eighth or ninth week of the NFL season. And now that partnership is expanding network wide. Shout out to them. 2000 fantasy dollars every week. Place little bets, fantasy bets uh, with your friends. You can have a little fantasy betting league like you would where, you know, other fantasy sports and whoever makes the most profit in the week. There's your winner. So all a lot of fun. We've been having a lot of fun with that. So shout out to them. And again, Saturday. February 10th, the day before the Super Bowl. I believe we're going to have a 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Uh, noon start time. It is our Football Friday, I guess you could say finale of sorts. We'll have a post-mortem, but, uh, you know, really it's the last one, the big Super Bowl. We'll, we'll preview the game. We'll go position by position. We'll look at some prop bets. So much more. It's going to be a fun. It's going to be a blast. For sure, it's going to be a blast. So stay tuned for the Super Bowl preview and so much more again by Wolf Spreads. Um, he's Tom Obano. I'm Sam Bando, and we will we'll be back for episode 71 uh, a week from now where, where we will preview UFC 298, recap UFC Vegas 86, and so much more in the world of combat sports. We thank you guys again for, for joining, and we hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. We hope you enjoyed the festivities, and we will catch you all next week. See you guys soon. Take care, everyone.